Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, I'm sitting down with Jeremy Carter from Tarpon Cellars. I say that right? Yes. Why can I not say that word? I don't know. O's are really hard for me. Um, which is an amazing winery. Wine is, is it a winery or is it a wine company? Uh, it's it's both. Uh, I call it a winery. It's okay. for a wine brand. Okay. It is so delicious. I'm actually drinking some right now. <laughs> yes, we are. At he, noon. He came. Oh, yeah. We live in Charleston. It's okay. He came with some beautiful wine. And I, Jeremy's been coming to the studio and he has actually done ads on here. And I don't know anything about you. So this is actually super fun for me. And I'm really excited to just get to know you. So give us, give us a little rundown. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, and before I forget, I just, I do want to say that uh, I am so, I continue to be so um, inspired uh, and grateful for the community that you've created here. Oh, thank you. And the, I see the relationships that you have with everybody that walks through these doors, and uh, it just means a lot. So thank you. Thank and you. I wish I would have had a community like that when I was, you know, a little bit younger, um, because it's just so special. Yeah, it is special. I agree. Um, wait, what was the question though? <laughs> so oh, let's just talk about me. It's fine. <laughs> um, so just give us like, um, like all of a sudden you were in Charleston. Yes. Um, so I grew up in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta, uh, went to school in Tallahassee, uh, Florida state. And, uh, the first job that I ever had out of school, uh, was in winemaking. And, um, people always ask like, you know, did you grow up in a wine family? And that is a hard no. Like my mom was drinking like Smirnoff ice yeah. and, um, <laughs> we were not a, we were not a wine family. Um, and I guess really towards the end of college, I kind of got into food and wine and, um, I actually have a funny story that I don't normally tell in public, but I feel like you'll appreciate it. I so love, I love inappropriate things. It's very cringe. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't tell it. But, um, so you know, the show OC, do you remember the show OC uh, with Rachel Bilson duh. and Misha Barton? So I'm dating myself a little bit here as well, but, um, <laughs> So when I lived in the fraternity house, uh, I would host OC watch parties, um, which hopefully that's the most embarrassing sentence I say today. <laughs> like literally every word of that sentence is embarrassing. Um, but uh, I would have, and you know, this is like a Southern fraternity. So like there's guys, you know, in there in like camo hats, like chewing Copenhagen. <laughs> and I would, I would do like wine and cheese pairings. And meanwhile, I'm like, I'm like, we should try this Malbec from the Mendoza region of Argentina. <laughs> like you're going to want to pair it. But did they like, did they have the time of their life? They did. They're yeah. like, they're like, this is great. And yeah. I'm like, yes, pair that with the uh, dry aged Gouda, please. <laughs> Love it. And um, so, you know, I don't know that I was like destined for a career in winemaking, but there were signs. Yeah. There were signs. And so um, <laughs> there's always signs. <laughs> I um, but I, I kind of applied to a lot of different uh, positions in food and wine when I got out of school. Um, what was your degree in? My degree was in sustainable housing, actually. OK, um, that's cool. So a little bit of everything. And I graduated right when the housing market crashed. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was like, well, I really am passionate about food and wine. So what can I do to get into that uh, industry and apply to a lot of restaurants? and breweries and different things and really the only person <laughs> that would hire me uh, was a small winery in Napa Valley so uh, packed up everything I owned into a truck and drove from Atlanta to um, to Rutherford California and uh, when I was driving out there I actually thought this internship was going to be like hospitality I thought it was gonna be in the tasting room like in the air conditioning like swirling wine mm -hmm. and having this really cush job yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got out there and they were like no bro like this is a production internship you're gonna be in the cellar like scrubbing tanks cleaning barrels uh, I was in the vineyard a lot, which was amazing, but I kind of just fell in love with it. Um, you know, the seasonality, uh, working with my hands and being able to be creative in some, some regard. Yeah. And, um, so I stayed in California, uh, went to UC Davis, which is kind of like the winemaking school mm -hmm. out there. Uh, did that while I was working at other wineries and um, worked at other wineries for about 10 years. And then in 2017, uh, we started Tarpon Cellars. That's so cool. 
So 2017. So that's nine years, almost nine, nine, ten years ago. Uh, no, wait, is that right? No, seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, that's... we'll have our seven-year anniversary. No, six. <laughs> What's wrong with it's six? Because my twins were born in 2017. <laughs> yes. Where we only had two sips of wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so you went to UC Davis to learn how to like make wine or how to what is that? Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's called an enology and viticulture program, and so you do um, a lot of stuff in the vineyard. Uh, but really, I specialize more on the winemaking side of it, so fermentation and stuff like that. Yeah, that's so cool. A lot of microbiology. and. How long does that degree take? Um, you can do, like, the undergrad degree in two years if you already have, like, your AA. Yeah. Um, I kind of just did, like, the distance learning program. Um, before This was, like, before online le- learning. I'm kind of dating myself again, but they would actually, like, mail us DVDs, yeah. <laughs> which I think is so uh-huh. funny. Um, I remember I used to have these huge textbooks in college, and I'd open them, and there would be, like, a CD for the CD. <laughs> right. Was it called, like, CD-ROM CD or something? rom Yeah. I would be like, put it in. Right. Yep. So that was how I learned winemaking was on a <laughs> CD-ROM. That's, but that's amazing. Yeah. And um, like, it's like anything, you know, I think the practical experience uh, is probably more important, but um, having the science behind it and the theory behind it um, really helped me a lot, especially knowing like zero. I'd never seen a wine grape before I moved to California. So then how does that go? So then you're, you're like, all right, you got your degree and you're like, I love this. I'm going to do this. So then you how do you get your grapes? Like, how does the whole the whole process? So one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about um, wineries in the United States is that a lot of times uh, the winemaker or the winery is buying grapes from growers. And mm-hmm. so these are farmers, literally farmers that um, don't necessarily make wine. They grow grapes for everybody from, you know, when I was at Duckhorn, uh, we bought a ton of fruit. Um, and we, are a, we have a model um, where we just buy fruit. So we work with four different growers. Um, and we work with them on the farming, um, and, and actually farming is a big part of what we, you know, do because we want our growers to be sustainable mm-hmm. and good stewards of the land, no pesticides, no herbicides, stuff like that, um, practicing biodynamic. Uh, but then once, once we get the grapes to where they're ready to pick, then we bring it to the winery and then that's when I kind of take over. Okay. And so like, how do you create your flavors? Like, tell us about this wine that we're drinking right now. Okay. So this is a skin contact white wine or an orange wine. Some people call it. And, uh, basically what we're doing is taking a white grape, but making it like a red wine. So mm-hmm. typically... I love it. Thank you very much. It's so good. And it's unique too, because most white wines, you squeeze out just the juice and ferment the juice. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's no color and no tannin, because that's where all the, the color and tannin comes from, is the skins. But orange wine, um, which is actually a very old method, ancient method of making wine uh, in like Eastern Europe and stuff, is when you ferment white grapes on the skins. And so you get a little bit of tannin, you get like that amber copper color, mm-hmm. and you get these really unique um, aromatics that you don't typically get in other, other wines. So this one's got like Granny Smith apple and like some nutty oxidative qualities, mm-hmm. um, but even like some ginger and stuff like that. So good. Thank you. And then, so I have a buddy that worked with, have you ever heard of Hedges? Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't been. Um, it's Washington State. Uh, so okay. Hedges, CMS. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I know her. Well, do you know Boo I've Walker? Met... No. So Boo worked with them forever. Okay. Um, and they lived on the land with them. Okay. So you know Sarah, the daughter? Yes, okay. Sarah. Um, and my husband and I were great friends with them, and we just just having kids and stuff just kind of spread apart a little bit and boo ended up moving to Maine. But it was so fun being with them. Like their parents are her mother's French and it just like walking through and like Sarah had her, all of her own, like she had her own, the good heart was hers. Uh Sarah Goodheart, that's her name. Um, she like made her own, you know, variety. And then they had like the CMS, then the hedges and stuff, which is like goes out more to like, so how do you like, do you have some stuff that's like smaller, like you make a smaller quantity or yeah, I mean, we have all different sizes. Like we make a, um, 
a pet nat that's like 55 cases all the way up to our like rosé is probably this year going to be about 3000 cases. So it's all just based on how many, how much fruit you get. Mm -hmm. Um, and to answer your question earlier about like choosing flavors and stuff, we really just, um, I mean, we don't add or subtract anything to our wines. It's kind of like natural wine or whatever you want to call it. Minimal intervention. Um, so we really just rely on like the different grapes will produce different aromatics and Mm -hmm. different flavors. Uh, and then the cool thing is that all four of our main wines, um, the rosé, the white blend, the skin contact that we're drinking and the chilled red are all blends. And so I can say, okay, this, you know, Sauvignon Blanc is going to add some, you know, acid and some grassiness. The Verdejo is going to add some citrus, lemon, lime. Um, you know, the Pinot Gris might add like some, some body or some texture. Mm -hmm. So it's really just taking like all these components of different grapes that we ferment separately and then combining them to kind of create the best expression of that, you know, place and time and, um, that, that vintage. And now a word from our sponsor. One of our favorite ways to continue to nourish our brain, body, and soul after a work sesh is with some mindful eats and tasty treats from Hurriali. They use an abundance of local and organic ingredients to carefully craft delicious healing foods and juices. Born from a dream to nourish the low country with healthy food with a focus on sustainability and environmental stewardship, this local business started over eight years ago at the Charleston Farmer's Market. Hurriali has grown to two locations, one in downtown Charleston and another in the Riverland Terrace neighborhood of James Island. Some of our favorites from Hurriali are their acai bowls made using organic grade acai with no added sugar or fillers, their hot grain bowl salads like the Buddha bowl, and of course their fresh green juices using greens from local farms. It is honestly so refreshing, so good. Do something good for yourself at the works and then go treat yourself. And if you mention the works at checkout, you get 10% off your order. Come check them out. Yeah, that's so cool. So, okay, besides wine, tell me about you. Tell me all about you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where do I start? Um, that's well, a hard okay, question. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's like the worst fucking question. Hey, tell me about you. <laughs> it's like when people walk in, they're like, how are you? You're like, do you really want to know? <laughs> how long um, you got? How are you? So you, you're super into music. Yes. Okay, yeah. so because I love, I've seen like you post like playlists to go with certain wines. It's on the back of your bottle, right? We do. We have a QR code for a playlist. That's so cool. So t- tell us about your music background or just, yeah. just love it. or. Um, I grew up, you know, music was always a big part of my life. I was like the kid in middle school making like mixtapes for my girlfriend, leaving them in mm-hmm. her locker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Spotify has now monetized that. Yeah. And um, so like we wanted music to be a big part of our brand. And um, just in general, I feel like, you know, the wine industry has done a very poor job of reaching out to millennials Mm -hmm. um, and so, or just younger people in general. Uh, And so I always wanted our brand to feel more of like a brewery that just happens to make wine and really build community around that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wanted to to have music be, um, you know, a part of what we were doing. And so we do like live music events. We've done some stuff in Charleston uh, with some local um, artists and, uh, but the playlist on the back is basically like the soundtrack for that wine. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I keep track of what I was listening to in the vineyard or on the crush pad or in the cellar. Um, and we try to just make it like a true, you know, music and, uh, and wine pairing. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's kind of like what you do, right? You listen to music, you drink wine, community yeah. with your people. Well, and it's like in this room, like music is a big part of, Huge. It's, al- it's just always there with me, whether I'm, you know, on the computer, which I try not to be that much, but, um, driving around, like it's, it's always with me. So. Me too. I had a woman tell me once, um, John and I went to this like meditation thing and I'm always just a little bit like this. She's like, you know. When you get in your car, you should just put on some soothing music. That'll be your time. And I'm like, literally, I get in, I turn up as loud as I can. <laughs> totally. And I always listen to hip hop. And it's just like, I'm like that. I, but it makes sense. I'm like, my brain's like rattling when I get places, you exactly. know. But I love music so much. Um, 
So when you were out in Napa, like the sales part of your business, do you do everything? Like, do you have a team or? So for the longest time or the first, I guess, four or five years, it was just me, uh, which was a lot because my background is in winemaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think like any small business owner, like you get in to start doing things that you have no experience doing. Like I remember the first time I worked with a distributor, they were like, they were like, what's your FOB? And I was like, what does that stand for? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. And like, <laughs> I like did not know how to log into QuickBooks to yeah. create an invoice. So I was like, how the hell do you make an invoice? Yeah. Um, Same. Still don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so luckily, um, you know, over the last two years, we've uh, we've built a team. We have six people now on the That's team. Nice. Uh, they're all kind of spread out. And so, um, you know, it's been great. We have people that, you know, are, are uh, in the Northeast. We have a guy in New York. Um, we have a girl in Florida, um, somebody in Colorado that's just getting started. And um, so it's been really cool to kind of build that, that team and out. And do they and just rep for you or just different wineries? Um, no, it's just us. They're full-time with us. Uh, and so they work with our distributors in each state. Yep. Um, so for people that don't know, uh, as a winery in California, we have to sell to a distributor for each state. So we have a South Carolina distributor, uh, Curated Selections is in Charleston. They've been wonderful. But we have one of those for every single state, and we sell to them. But then we have our reps work with them uh, to, you know, get with restaurants and independent retailers. And business is good? Business has been really good. I yeah. mean, you know, our first year in 2017, we made 250 cases. And uh, this past year, we made 10,000. That's amazing. Which sounds huge. I mean, it's still microscopic compared to, like, the, the bigger guys. But um, but you don't want to be one of them anyway. No, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and then we also have um, we have a can coming out this summer that I'm super excited oh, about. Oh, fun. I love a can. I love a can. It's going to be sparkling. And um, we do so much with music that yeah. we were just talking about. That like a lot of music festivals and live uh, live music venues have said, you know, if you had something that could be a single serve uh, at a lower price point, you know, it would really do well. So yeah, and we're all about like being able to help people enjoy wine in different situations. Like, yes, you can be at a steakhouse and get a two hundred fifty dollar bottle of Cabernet. That's great. Um, but I also want people to, to be able to, to, we want to be able to meet people where they are. And, yep. and for me, I'm at a music venue a lot yeah. and I'm like, damn, why am I drinking White Claw? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All right. What you, tell us what's your music, what you like? Um, so I like a little bit of everything. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, I listen, I tend to skew more like, you know, Grateful Dead, mm -hmm. uh, older stuff, but, um, that's my husband is the, he, he thinks that he's Jerry Garcia, but he's not. Yes. And well, doesn't, didn't he have a widespread panic, uh, wasn't like it him that followed Watch with Panic for a little bit. Oh yeah, he's been to like a million shows. Yeah, I think I went to my hundred and second show this past summer. In, That's how he is. Yeah, and, uh, which is also embarrassing, but yeah, um, it's, not, it's not embarrassing. <laughs> That's how John well, is. Though, me, seriously, he still goes like we're going out to see. Um, well, I, say, I always say I'm going to the John Mayer show, but we're going <laughs> out to see uh, the Dead this summer. And um, where are we going? Carter's going to San Francisco. Oh no way! But we saw them. I mean, I've seen them a few times in California, but. Um, we saw that the best show I've seen them at was we saw them in Chicago. Um, is that Wrigley Field? Yeah. Yeah. It was, or it was, I think it was Soldier Field when Soldier they did Field. that reunion thing. Or it was the, like Fairly Well Tour. But this was like after that. Oh, okay. Then it might have been Wrigley. Um, and it was it was really good. Yeah, they're, they're it's great. It's fun. It's so fun. It's hard Drugs to have a bad are so fun. <laughs> yes. yes, they are. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean... Uh, but now I'm, I'm getting starting to get into, there's so many great young musicians and a lot of them in Charleston Yeah. Um, that I'm getting into kind of more indie stuff and a lot of singer songwriter stuff, folk. We go to Newport Folk Festival every year. Oh, cool. Um, and then also, it's funny, my Spotify wrapped because I also listen to music in the gym. My, my Spotify wrapped will be like Cherry Garcia Band, like, you know, Susto, but then it'll be like Cardi B. To yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's a little bit like me too. I get it. Yeah. You got to have like a, like a, you know, a fluid genre. That's a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. What brought you to Charleston? So um, it's, a, it's a long story, but basically when I started, when we were coming out of the pandemic, um, I was realizing that I was going to start to travel a ton to the East Coast. 
And so paying California rent and flying back and forth for like six months of the year was just not Mm -hmm. a great idea. Um, So with my girlfriend at the time, we got a condo down in 30A, uh, like a little beach town in the Panhandle of Florida. And of course, like six months after we closed on that condo, uh, we separated. (laughs) And so I was like, what am I going to do? And being single in a beach town of 1,100 people was Mm -hmm. not the the best idea. Um, So... um, uh, it was right before harvest, and I actually came here uh, to Charleston. We had just gotten into the Charleston market with the wines, and uh, so this was like July 2021. And um, I just went to all the places that started to carry our wine because I didn't, I hadn't been in seven or eight years. And mm-hmm. uh, so I went to like Chubby Fish, I went to Chasing Sage, I went to Post House, Basic Kitchen. Yep. Um, came to two classes here. Uh, you said, to, "I God, I love it here." I, I seriously like. There was a span of like. 16 Who was your hours. first teacher? Uh, it was um, Molly. Oh, she's good. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I did two <laughs> she's classes. She's awful. Just it, was, kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was Molly and Maggie, and I'll never forget. Uh, but there was a span of like 16 hours where I went to Chubby Fish, uh, went to Royal American, saw live music, and then I came here the next morning, and I was like, that's it. I'm moving here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, that's a pretty good sell. Right? Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. It was just like total luck. Yeah. Um, and so um, I was so two, like a week after that, I went to California. Um, did harvest there, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna move to Charleston." I actually listen to this podcast a lot on my drive out, nice. um, which is like a 24 hour drive that I will never ever do again. Um, <laughs> we but, got really close, <laughs> so you do know everything about me. <laughs> I do, yeah. No, but I remember listening to like the one with Ben and Kate, yeah, Ashley I love B, them. and I was just like, "This is such a cool place." And yeah. um, so uh, yeah, so I, I signed an, uh, a lease at an apartment here without ever looking at it and which happens to be upstairs. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's very convenient for me to come downstairs. Yeah. Do you work out at the gym upstairs at the guild? Um, I love ethos as well. Oh uh, yeah. Joey's Um, the best. I'm literally like one door down. My apartment is one more down, one door down from the gym in the guild. Mm -hmm. So like I do go there occasionally, but, um, ethos is amazing too. Yeah. It's awesome. Those, they do a killer job over there. Um, all right. So you loving Charleston. Loving Charleston. Yeah. Just, um, you know, the hospitality community, really everybody like small business wise has just been so, um, supportive and accepting. And, um, I just feel like, I feel like I never really felt like I was home anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I actually tell a story about, um, uh, Woody Guthrie, this musician and activist, like he was born in Oklahoma and then he lived in New York and he always said like, when I'm in Oklahoma, I feel like a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in New York, I feel like an Oklahoman. Yeah. And I kind of f- felt like that about California. Like when I was there, I, I felt like I was a Southern guy. And when I'm here, sometimes I feel like a Californian uh, and Charleston is really the first place where I like, I'm just who I am and yeah. it's perfect and you can be whatever you want. I love that. Yeah. So good. It's so true. Um, so for some of our listeners that are maybe like not so into wine yet or, and then wine can be like really intimidating, it is, you know, yeah. especially if you're a little bit younger or maybe just like getting into it or, you know, money, whatever it is, give us your best sell on your wine. So, I like to tell people that we make wines that are unique and interesting, uh, but also very approachable. And so, like, um, I I make wines from unique grapes that are bone dry, very acid driven. They're very food friendly. Um, But I always tell people, like, whatever you like is what you should drink. And so um, I think the problem is, as I was saying earlier about wine not marketing to younger people, is very intimidating. Um, So you don't know what to order. It's usually very expensive. Um, and people just are kind of snobby, for lack of a better word, about how they explain it to people. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I've really made kind of one of our missions is to educate people um, about the different kinds of wine and help them try a new style of wine. Um, and so it's funny because, like, we'll pour a rosé and people will say, you know, I've tried rosé before and it was super sweet. Uh, and our rosé is bone dry and very crisp. Mm-hmm. And they, they typically end up enjoying it. Yeah. And so 
Um, but we also have to make wines that you know can that we can sell to these restaurants that where the sommelier is the buyer. And so it's kind of we're kind of walking that line between making like almost nerdy wines that mm-hmm. are going to please a wine crowd, but making them fun and approachable for people that are not into wine. Because that's really what I enjoy is getting people uh, into wine. Yeah, I love that. I'm very into wine. <laughs> <laughs> You're already sold. Yeah. I don't have to worry about I'm you. Your <laughs> I'm your customer. I'm everybody's customer, though. Yes. Um, all right. So why aren't you teaching yoga right now? Um, so I was teaching yoga in Napa right before the pandemic. What kind of yoga? Where'd you train? Or so I trained at uh, Napa Valley Yoga Studio, um, and it was um, you know more traditional, um, a lot of philosophy, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I was teaching for a few months, uh, and then the pandemic happened. Mm. And then after the pandemic, after we were kind of sorting that out, uh, was when I started to travel a ton. And so the reason I can't teach right now is probably the same reason I'm single, which is I'm like never in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to get back into it. It was a huge, um, you know, it was a huge part of my week, like planning a class yeah. and, um, and you doing a lesson at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think in time I'll be able to get back into it. Yeah, that's good. Don't lose that. I'll try not to. My training was also very much like um, more like a Stanga base. Like I've done a ton of trainings. I was telling my classes the other day, like I, I finished my trainings... I don't even know, long time ago. And I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. And I looked at the woman who was leading my 200 hour and I was like, okay, well now what do I do? Like, I was so excited. She was like, well, now you go train. And I was like, I just did. She's like, no, now you go train. And I traveled all over the country. I travel, I had trained with just like, it's just crazy because I don't think people really do this as much anymore. Like Doug Swenson, Shiva Ray, Chandra Ohm, Sean Korn, like Baron Baptiste. I mean, I just, any training I could get to that was in the country, I would go. I would just like train, 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 train. And I learned so much. And I love like the philosophy behind everything. And then, you know, I opened my old studios and then we opened these and it's, I keep always reminding like my, my girls or my staff, like we're, we have to remember like the vein of the work, like, yes, we've taken it really far. <laughs> we've pushed the limits, but there is like, you know, the sutras are there and the yamas and the niyamas and like taking care of each other and loving each other. And I think it's so important. Yeah. And I think people feel that when they come into the studio, I, mean, I certainly do. Good. I remember when I, the first class that I came to, like as soon as like the intro was done and they, and they started playing like Cardi B or whatever, <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. And in like 30 seconds, later I was like this is fucking awesome yeah so Molly's so good too yeah like she's just got that little Molly Molly I mean she's <laughs> actually I'm just gonna give Molly a little plug right here she is like a comedian basically like she is so funny I told her she needs an agent she can do this thing where she shuts her mouth and she talks and she calls it like the boy and her the bo- boy in the bubble and it's fucking hysterical I mean she's I'm gonna just, ask her to do that next no semester. you should she'll do it she'll do it and then she likes to do impersonations of everybody and so she did an impersonation of me we always have these little parties at my house and <laughs> as everyone can imagine, I'm always like pacing and trying, fixing. And I'm like, I was like, Molly, do you want a drink? And then like 30 minutes later, whenever I was like, what's wrong? And she would like stood up and she like walked around my house and like 12 circles, she'd come over. She's like, where's your drink? What's wrong? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it's me. <laughs> um, but she's awesome. She's so cute. Um, so what else? Like, so you're single in Charleston. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, it's kind of been, I've been single for about two years uh, and how much longer do we have on this podcast? It goes as deep as you want. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me, just not being in a or being in a traditional relationship would be really hard the last couple of years because I am traveling so much. Mm-hmm. Like 2022, I think it was 2022, I, th- I spent 300 nights in a hotel or oh an my Airbnb. Gosh. So it's like there's not a lot of time to, yeah. um, you know, be in a like a regular dating situation. But I'm working on that, and we have some people that joined our team. So. Um, I've been working with like a somatic healer, uh, recently in talk, town. Let's talk about that. Okay. Wait, do, do you mind saying who it is? Uh, it's, her name's Molly. 
I wonder if that's who Meggie goes and sees. I'm not sure. Where uh, is it? At, is that of her house? Uh, we do Zoom now. Okay. Um, but she is wonderful, and we've just worked a lot on. Um, I think I was kind of closed off to a relationship in the past mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. You know, some childhood trauma stuff I was still working through. Tell us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom's gonna listen to this, so I can't. I can't give you the exact reasons. We love you, mom. We're just, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but uh, no, I think I was one of those people that probably looked for. Um, well, so in the past, I was always. Uh, trying to like fix people like that was mm-hmm. who I was attracted to yeah. um, for the first however many years of my life. And then recently, um, you know, I was in a healthy relationship uh, and we're still very close friends. Um, but I also think I had this feeling of um, like wanting to be chosen instead of like choosing who I was going to be with. Mm, um, that's amazing. Well, and it's, yeah, I mean, I think it was, you know, part of like some inner child stuff that was still seeking validation. Yeah. Um, and so like even people that I knew, uh, that were not good for me, like, I'd be like, why, why aren't you obsessed with me? Yeah. My feelings. Um, same kind of. <laughs> and still. And so, uh, you know, I've, in the last like, even few months, I mean, um, I, I was one of those people that felt like I had done a lot of the work and was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably wasn't. And, um, so it's always a work in progress, but I do feel like, um, you know, with me being able to be here more, um, and kind of understanding what I'm looking for and, whether it's a partner or even just a deeper connection. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been lucky the last couple of years, like I've met so many cool people that, you know, I've gone on dates with and mm-hmm. hung out with. And so I've never felt lonely, but um, I don't really get lonely anyways. I think that's the other problem too, is that I love being alone so much. You do. And so, so would you consider yourself introvert, extrovert, a mixture? I'm a mixture. I, I do so much extroverted uh, stuff um, as part of my job. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I do like get home and I just want to be alone. Yeah. Um, do you have any pets? Uh, I don't. I oh, yeah, barely, if you try, that would be really, that'd be really neglectful. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have eight house plants. I can't keep plants alive, but my kids, That's th- really they're hard. cruising. <laughs> um, do you know anything about human design? Uh, no, I've heard you talk about it, and I want to get into it a little bit. I, so I'm a, um, oh, my God, why can't I remember? It begins with a P. Projector. Projector, supposedly. But that means that, like, I need a lot of sleep, which is probably why I'm a little bit delirious all the time. And... But one of the things is like that I absorb people's energy constantly, which I do in the room. And then like even at home and the girl who worked with me before, she was like, you, she's like, I bet you sleep better when you're by yourself. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. She's like, even if you're sleeping with someone who's like not even snoring or anything like that, like I literally can wake up and just feel energy. Right. And I think that's like my, my downtime is like, just to be like, sometimes I'll just go get in the guest room and John's like, why are you in the guest room? I'm like, I'm not mad at you. (laughs) Just need to sleep. No, I get that. Yeah. You know, I definitely recharge better alone. Um, but you know, there is something to be said for, you know, having somebody that, uh, you feel like you have a deep connection with and you can like, you know, talk to about yeah. everything. And uh, I do miss that aspect of a relationship for sure. You can always call me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks you. Everyone else here does. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone's secret in all of Charleston. <laughs> um, that would make a great podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing too is Charleston is small. Like it feels <sighs> small. Very. And so I don't. I don't want to be one of those people that like I walk into a restaurant and there's four people that I slept with, you know? Mm. No, that's so true. When I first moved here, like John, everywhere I went, John, someone, John was like, this is so-and-so. And he's like friends with every single one of his yeah. exes. And I was like, did you sleep with her? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, good Lord. You sleep with everyone. Yeah. So um, I've been kind of outsourcing it. Like I yeah. go to New York and Miami a lot. And yeah. So I can kind of keep it separate. What's your spirit city? Spirit city, Sa- Charleston. Is it? Yeah. See, mine's South Beach. Oh, is it? I'm obsessed. I love South Beach. I come alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it brings out a side of me that... I literally I get off the there. plane and I lose 10 pounds just stepping <laughs> off the plane. All of a sudden, I'm tan and my hair is like fabulous. I'm like, 
we're here now. That sounds great. <laughs> Carter and I were supposed to go next week, but just for two days. But we're not going to go now because the studio is opening. But it's so sad. But yeah, it's a, another world down there, and I love it. I love it. It just feels like you're in another country. Well, that's the best part about it, I think. Yeah. It's like there's um, culture, everyone's sexy and it's hot. And yeah, everybody is sexy. And uh, when I was, I was there like two weeks ago and somebody said that it is like a tropical Barcelona. Mm. And I feel that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun. What's your spirit country? Um, that is a great question. Um, I like Italy <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I've like, never been. I, I'd I love just, to go. The food and the wine and the way that they like enjoy life mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of work to live instead of live to work like we do. Yes. Um, that really speaks to me. Portugal, I love. Um, Lisbon's cool, but Porto, Porto kind of feels like Charleston in a lot of ways. It's like a big university town. Everybody's like young and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't deal with the like eating dinner at midnight and then going out until 6am all the time. Um, yeah. but, uh, but it's just, and it's on the beach and it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, where can our listeners find your wine? So, um, restaurant wise, uh, we're in a lot of local places. Um, Chubby Fish, Post House, Basic, kitchen um chasing sage uh 167 um and then retail wise uh graft love those guys mm-hmm. for me miles and then um both bottles locations cool and then uh island provisions too right around the corner oh, i need to here. check that out i've heard it's amazing yeah it's awesome i've heard I it's really cool often. and then where can they find you on instagram or wherever you are um so uh my instagram is jeremy r carter um and i guess if you want to follow the winery too that's fine but yeah <laughs> But, you know, he wants to make sure you like him, so. Uh, smash that follow button. Um, it's Tarpon Sellers, T-A-R-P-O-N, uh, Sellers, C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank this you This was so fun. Me. All right, you guys, listen, go follow Jeremy. If you drink wine, it's absolutely delicious. And I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. It really is. He gave us some bottles. I think it was over the holidays, and we totally crushed them. Um, and I think I even said on here before when I was doing his ad, like, I ordered a pizza and had the wine with it. You know, you can have it with to go pizza. You can have it with a nice meal, like great to share with friends. So as always, thank you so much. Listen to this. Well, you've already listened to it. So just rate (laughs) us, review us and share with your friends. Thank you. 